Welcome to the MVP, the Mountain View podcast. We are so glad you could join us for today's episode as we look at one topic from Sunday's message and dive deep in how it relates to us today, to our culture, and to the way we follow Christ. Hey, I'm Pastor Tim. I'm Scotty. And this is Jonathan. Welcome back to another episode of the Mountain View Podcast, the MVP. We're glad you could join us again this week. Thank you so much for the support that you've given us over these 10 episodes. Guys, it is episode number 10. We've been doing this for uh, like six, well, 10 weeks, I guess. That would be exactly how long we've been doing it. Um, It's been interesting, and I'm really excited to see where we are headed today. Dr. Tim, why don't you just uh, jump right in? We uh, talked last week about false prophets, and we're going to continue to break that down into individual uh, false prophets and what they create or what their ministry platform is. And I don't really know if I should use the word ministry, but what their platform is. Uh, Some of them have multiple uh, platforms that they feed off of each other, but you will find a variety of those that are out there. And, um, so that's what we're going to talk about, um, is those false prophets again today. And I I was telling the story on Sunday about my relative who, um, was several years older than I was. Um, and he got course involved with drugs and stuff, but he found a way called the way, uh, that he became part of the group. And so we, happened to one time look at the Bible that he had and a lot of it was marked out because they don't believe in certain things and so forth. So the end conclusion of his life is that in this development of the way, um, and I read some of that on Sunday, they're really not a church or more of a cult. Um, it's a way to bring people in um, and basically just misuse their friendships and various things like that. But he ended up... Um, dying at a very early age um the the help that that church offered was minimal and it really never changed his life and i think that's what the gospel is supposed to do it's supposed to change our lives and i I realize that there are things that we might do with sin that may take a time for us to break away from those but in this particular case this particular false teaching false uh, avenue of life false hope uh, didn't give him hope and in a, in in the end um, he died um, at a very early age and um, and of course his whole life was just up and down you know because of this and and I think that we all know of the different cults that we would call them in in the sense uh, that preaches false, prophecy or false message of God. Um, you know, we, we, we know that in our day and time that a, a variety of different signs um, clue us in about false prophets. And, and, and as I said Sunday, I believe the Bible gives us authority to judge those fruits of those false prophets to claim whether they're true or they're false. Um, and, and I think that's very important for us to understand what those are. And so if I say something like, you know, if I say something like um, prophets make false predictions, is there any any particular person that comes to mind? Because that's what false prophets do. They make a lot of predictions and they do not come true. 
Who was that? Uh, Harold Camping. Yep. Do you remember him? He's out of California. Yeah. Big, the, uh, big guy who who started out small, had a radio program. Boy, he just, he was on this road and all of a sudden he's in left field, center field, right field out of the stadium. I mean, he goes crazy and predicting the dates. Yeah. He, I, I don't remember exactly the, the full story, but I remember that he predicted like July 12th is going to be the end of the world and we're going to meet in Times Square and it's we're going to be there for the end and it happens at 6 p.m. in everyone's time zone. And it didn't happen and he was standing there in front of, you know, news cameras and they're like, well, what happened at 6.15? You know, the world should have ended 15 minutes ago. What are you doing now? And he's like, well, I, I, I don't know. And he took a couple weeks off from his radio show, and when he came back, he was like, I did the math wrong. I forgot to carry the one. It's in September. We have 80 <laughs> days until the end of the world. And it just, it's it's that again and again and again. And it's funny to me that, I mean, it's not funny to me. It's sad that someone like that could convince themselves and others of something so serious, but be completely just out of left field with it. So Nostradamus was the one that that came to my mind uh, about how many things, and there there are still people believe that Nostradamus was some sort of prophet, even though his predictions, quote unquote, are so incredibly vague um, that you have to really manipulate and read into and make some assumptions to be able to um, to get to to hit those prophecies being quote unquote fulfilled uh, but the, tab- the tabloids do a good job of oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. they they definitely want him to be all up in in the tr- in the in the business but i think so many times what's the best way to say this there are there is such a hunger for belief that we are when we buy into something and there is so such a hunger to be right a need to be right that when we buy into something, we will accept any justification that we that is given to us as a reason why we're not wrong. So that's one aspect that we can see is, you know, somebody like Harold Camping who predicted not only once but several times of the world ending and 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 that never happening. And then we also know that some of those false prophets too um, perform uh, miracles, signs, and wonders, you know, and when we think about that, I mean, you just turn on TBN and you'll find all kinds of so-called miracles and so forth. So when I was growing up, when, uh, I would go to visit my grandmother, she didn't have cable. Uh, so she only had what came, uh, on the antenna. And when she would let me stay up late, um, there wouldn't be anything on TV. And so we'd be flipping through the channels like the six that there were. And we, we bonded over laughing at Benny Hinn. Uh, the audaciousness, the extravagance, um, the exuberance with which he performed his quote unquote miracles was comical to us. And even six, seven years old, I I knew that this dude, this dude wasn't doing what he claimed he was doing. Um, because 
even then I could I could see through um the the charlatan act he was he was putting on and it's um but again it's something that when we when we start down a road we want so desperately to not be wrong that we'll we'll buy whatever they're selling i think to sort of add add on to that a little bit i think that it takes a person who is desperate for anything not just it's someone who is desperate for a lowercase t truth and not the truth to really get into that. And they're uh, looking they're looking for hope too. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 th- this desperate feeling for I am I, I am missing something or I am I am there there's some piece to this puzzle that I do not understand and when a really charismatic or or smooth talking um con man basically is is telling them you know i have what you need all you have to do is is come here and let me smack you on the face and i'll i'll heal your lupus or whatever so like, there in your to to just kind of summarize what, what you just said there these these men usually these faith healers are capitalizing on and manipulating somebody's intrinsic need for the gospel. Uh, yes, there. Because you, you were talking about them manipulating the, the, these people feel like they're missing something, and and if they don't have the gospel, it, that's that's what they're missing. And so these guys come in and have a false gospel, mm-hmm. and they're manipulating that need, that sense of loss and longing that we all have inside us as we are separated from our Creator. And they're manipulating that and using that in a way for their own gain, for their own, um, whether it's financial gain, whether it's social gain, whatever it is, they're manipulating that need, that base need that we all have uh, for a for a false purpose. Yeah, they're they're using um, the viewer's uh, misunderstanding or misinterpretation or or just lack of knowledge of the actual gospel to feed them a false one. So when we, we see all these things happening, even in the day of Jesus and so forth, but another thing that we see, um, and even in Jesus day is that some of these false prophets have even claimed to be Jesus Christ himself. You know, um, you think of the guy, um, who starts out in the ministry and then all of a sudden years down the road, he's now has a following and now he's becoming Jesus. Uh, that's what he tells everybody um, with that role of telling people that they are Jesus. Um, it allows them to continue to uh, take advantage of people, um, you know, especially women uh, along the way, um, sexual pleasure, you know, all of this kind of stuff because he's viewed as Jesus. Um, David Koresh, you know, all of these people who, 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 who think that they are a type of Jesus, um, that they're a Messiah, that they have been born to come. Um, and it really doesn't fit the scriptures. That's what I was just sitting here thinking about is these people are usually everything that they, their, their whole con is based on some sort of biblical concept that they have completely shredded and manipulated. 
But to read like the rest of the New Testament where Paul is so concentrated and focused on sexual immorality and then to know the story of Jesus and everything that he um everything that 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 he stands for and everything that he taught and everything that he preached preached for these guys to stand up and say that I'm Jesus and oh by the way I get to sleep with whoever I want to like where where does that come from how how do how does the cult member reconcile those two opposing views I mean, I know there's brainwashing, all that kind of stuff, and there's limitations as to what they actually are taught. But, I mean, still, you think they would stumble upon some some of this. Or you would think that it would stumble on the fact that Paul says, Jesus came, he died, he was resurrected, and he went to heaven. He's already came and gone. Right. And then all the, all the, the discussion as to what happens when Jesus comes back, and it it ain't some sleazy dude sweating, sweating in uh, Waco, Texas. I, I think to sort of answer your question, how do they reconcile that? I, I have never been, uh, full disclosure, I have never been a part of a cult, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But I would assume... Oh, can, that, I, can I interrupt? Yes. Yes, you have. Oh, no. Yes. When they invaded uh, Waco... Janet Reno and all of them concluded that anyone who was involved in a local church was a cult. So you have been a part of a cult and you just didn't know it. Okay. So let me, dear listener, (laughs) I just sat here and watched Scotty's brain literally implode in his own skull. Well, I was trying to figure out like how much stock I need to put in Janet Reno's opinion. Uh, the, so full disclosure, I have been a part of one cult apparently. <laughs> uh, my assumption is that in, in the, the crash case that, that it's not all, he doesn't go in day one and say, Hey, I'm Jesus. You take that at face value and you get to be all 11 of my wives or whatever. Like that there is a process of slowly convincing these people of you know i am i am who i say i am and i am rewriting this or i am what i'm saying now takes precedent over over this and then over a period of time that that brainwashing that you're talking about sort of seeps into them and they're like okay yeah i i I can ignore this scripture that that i'm supposed to base my my faith on I'm going to ignore that for who I view as. And I think that is the a very critical marker uh, for identifying false prophets. If they start speaking um, and, and, and saying things that, uh, like they are hearing directly, uh, they're like they have a fresh word from God. That you hear that a lot from 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 false teachers. I have a fresh word from God, and especially if that that word runs counter to Scripture, that's when that's the red flag. Any any teaching that runs counter to Scripture 
no matter what else has been said before, is your big plant a flag in it. He's a false prophet. Let's get out. Well, in small group Sunday, I shared with my class of a, of a fellow that I had connection with. Um, and the clip that I showed was with Nahim with Benny Hinn. And so the actual clip uh, was with Benny Hinn and all this, but the actual clip from the church, um, I'm not, I don't know exactly word for word what he said, but it was something similar to this. You know, I used to think this about Benny Hinn. But I was misinformed. I let I let other people express their opinion, and I believed it. I uh, heard and read things off of Google. But now that I'm experiencing, you know, this uh, Holy Spirit um, unction in my life, now now that I've been what was his words? I've been close to. Uh, and I never had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but now I am. And now I can cast out demons and I can do all of this. He's saying that in front of his congregation. And, and, and so this congregation is hearing what he's saying. And what he's trying to get them to do is to follow him on his reasoning. Why now he believes Benny Hinn is correct now is because he is doing the same thing. And to justify that. He does. He has to convince the crowd. You know, he didn't do it overnight. It, it's taken years to get to this point that anything he says now, people believe. You know, just just about and, and it that not not just him, but any of these guys. And 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 here's my last thing: that false prophets say things that are absolutely ridiculous, and people believe it. You know, when when you have a televangelist, I think it was Copeland, who says Jesus made a mistake. And then he tries to explain why God made a mistake. It, it doesn't really jive too much. But these are the type of preachers that no matter what they say, the particular guy I was talking about has now said that autism and all this kind of stuff comes by the way of devilish spirits that are inside of people and it needs to be released. And, and, and there's no, now listen, there are parts of Christianity that we will not agree with in science, but there's a majority that we will agree in science, physiology, any of that kind of stuff. And I'm going to go along with what Jesus said. When his disciples said, why was this guy born blind? Was it because of him? Was it because of his parents? He said, no, this is for the glory of God. There are some aspects of this world that we are facing, whether it's mental health, what it's all this. A lot of it is, is, is mentally and physically our bodies. And it has nothing to do as a safe person being filled with a devil that's caused something like this. But these guys can say outlandish things. Even in the Southern Baptist, um, you know, we had one in Texas, you know, who, who likes just to say things. And, of course, he's put on social media for saying things. Now he, he gets to leave the Southern Baptist, so he's not, you know, He's not um, blinded by all the accusations of everything that's happening. And so, you know, he says a lot of outlandish things. And people believe it. Well, not everybody believes it. But there's a lot of people who believe it. And the end result is 
whether it's Harold Camping, those people either charged their charge cards to the very max, they went in debt, they lived their lives as best they could, and it never happened. So I know we may get in this to this next week. Um, I just find it so interesting of the motivation uh, and the the message that so many of these guys preach uh, is is based not around bringing glory to God, but bringing pleasure to ourselves. I mean, think about the prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel is is believe so that you can get all of these blessings, not believe because God is worthy and because God is who he says he is and because God is holy. Uh, it's a it's using God as a as a supernatural ATM. But it brings me back to one of my favorite passages that that's just this almost this throwaway verse in Acts where it talks about the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians because they went home and studied the scripture for themselves to see that what the apostles said were true. And that's what we encourage everybody to do. Right, because it has to be based, our belief has to be based on scripture. It has to be based on the truth of God. And when somebody says something that doesn't line up with the word of God, Two things have to happen. One, we have to know the Word of God well enough to know that it doesn't line up. And then two, we have to walk away. I had a student come to me um, probably a year and a half ago or so. And uh, this is a student that has always been really firm in her faith. And she caught me after after uh, a Wednesday night service one time. She, she just sat down with me. She's like, hey, I'm going to show you this TikTok that I saw earlier in the week. And it makes a lot of really good points. And I, I've never heard this before. Will you watch it? I'm like, yeah, sure. So she shows it to me. And it is uh, it is a person talking about scripture, but basically laying out um, the argument that Eve had a uh, sexual relationship with Satan in Genesis. And she goes, I've never heard this before, have you? And I said, no, because it's garbage. Like, And so I'm like, I, I don't have in front of me right now the arguments to to tell you that this is crap. But give me, give me a couple of days. I'm going to put my thoughts together and we'll talk about this again. And there are, we've sat here today and we've named a half dozen, um, in air quotes, preachers that that are teaching a false gospel but the world is so full of them now that some teenage girl sitting in her room with her phone is become is teaching a false gospel to you know a a, a an a, audience a, an audience of, of young people uh, yeah and that that tiktok had like a million views on it yeah when i saw it a year and a half ago and it is it is it is discouraging sometimes to realize that we are sort of in in the middle of of what feels like a storm of of false teachers. Yeah, and so we'll continue this for next week. We will continue this this week. Uh, I'm concentrating on a particular uh, gospel that that is being preached, um, and then we'll continue that for several weeks, and we'll continue to talk about it. But 
man, no matter what age, young to old, the false gospel is affecting a lot of people. 100%. And the end result is it leads people in the wrong direction. And so that's, that's what, that's what happens with the false gospel, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, guys. We uh, always enjoy our conversations. Hey, uh, we don't talk about this very much, but uh, I just want to put in a plug for us uh, with you, the listener. If you could share this with with somebody, um, share our podcast, this is a way that we are looking to disciple our people. Um, And this kind of falls right below... uh, if you're looking at stacking up importance of the events we do, this one falls very, very high on the list uh, as to things that are important in, in our discipleship plan. So uh, share it with somebody, um, and we hope that, that this has touched you. We hope that you're getting uh, some good, at least thought-provoking content out of it as you continue on with your uh, spiritual journey. We hope to see you Sunday, or we'll see you next week.